Hello and welcome to Chasing Jillaroos. My name is Big T, but more importantly, it's Mary Kay. Welcome, Mary. Definitely not more important than you, <laughs> Big T. I'm so happy to be here and we finally got NRLW to talk about. Yes. Now, I can 100% say more importantly, I know there might be some listeners who didn't get a chance to re- listen to our interview episodes, our, pre- our pre-season um, episodes, which you should, I highly encourage you to go and do. But during those episodes, one of the key factoids that came out, Mary, was that you are like a linchpin of the Parramatta Eels. Not only do we know, we've all said that you you were a driving force beforehand, but you are one of the sponsors of, of a player. So I think we can categorically say you were far more important. I know that all fan is important and I watch my games and things like that, but Let's just, I think I'm going to say it almost every episode. You are, you are a real piece of this puzzle. Well, that's super kind, Big T, and I can't actually wait to talk about the Parramatta game. Remind me to tell you about how I disgraced myself. I didn't disgrace <laughs> myself. I just got very excited. I was sitting with a very, very big contingency of people from the Parramatta Reels, so they were very well supported. But just at the end of the game, like hanging over the barriers, blowing kisses. We'll get to it later. We'll get oh, to it later. Kisses. Yes, okay. Um, now, speaking of pieces of the puzzle, there was a an ugly piece of the puzzle recently published during the week by um, Paul Kent, who, who calls himself a, a reporter. And he, he put out an article, which I only saw because you did an incredible tweet about it, which which essentially said something about the the title alone, you know, was was upsetting enough. I then went on to read the first paragraph just to see what it was about. And he said there was something else ridiculous in that in the first paragraph that was really derogatory and, and poorly worded. And so I stopped reading it for, you know, for my own mental health. But please, I mean, you're one of the smartest people in most that I know. You're incredibly well written as well. You, you're, your journalism is legit. So can we just get some quick or long thoughts that you had on that, on that uh, <laughs> article that he wrote? So I'm not smart, Big T, because I fell into Paul Kent's trap. (laughs) Paul Kent wants you to click on the link, then he wants you to watch NRL 360, and then another article will be written, and it's just this really, really weird cycle. (laughs) Big T, I'm going to start off with something that I think is important, and I just want to touch on it delicately because it can be a difficult conversation. In the title of the article, he referred to the women that play NRLW as girls. In my own commentary, and particularly when I'm writing in a professional sense, I really try not to use the word girls because these aren't girls. They are professional women. I think it's really cute when we say, yeah, the girls and the girls refer to each other as girls within their team circle. That's cool. And if you're talking colloquially, I think that's okay. Mm. But my preference is that we talk about them as women because that's exactly what they are. So the fact that the word girls was used in the title to me immediately just set a tone of uh, just it felt really condescending to me and in the first paragraph there was a reference to non-domestic duties and I was just like this feels really icky yeah something that really bothered me about the article is that people seem to conflate the idea of million dollar NRL salaries in the men's competition with women also wanting million dollar salaries Mm. it's actually not the case the women just want to be compensated fairly for the work that they do. It makes me really uncomfortable how comfortable some journalists seem to be with plunging our players into financial insecurity to represent the game at the most elite level. So yesterday, 
we would have had Rakia Horn, who plays for the Parramatta Eels. As soon as the game was over in Newcastle, she jumped in her car, drove back to Sydney, had a quick nap, and then started her shift at midnight as a prison guard. To me, that is a lot to be asking. And we keep asking more of the women. They need to do more. The product needs to be better. I think we are asking far too much of them. And we've seen that to grow, you need investment. Cricket is the best example of this. Look at where the WBBL was eight years ago. The Australian women cricket team are now world beaters and the next generation of playing through are coming coming through are extremely talented. You can't grow without investment. And I hate that idea that, you know, the men's game has had the benefit of 100 years. The women's game has not had that benefit. We need to invest in it now and support our women because they deserve it. And if we want the product to be as good as it can be, we need these women to be giving more attention to their football and not worrying how they're going to be able to pay their rent because they played in Newcastle on the weekend. And the saddest thing about all of that is that we already went through this with um, the with men trying to do this as well during the mm. 80s and, and 90s. So it, in our lifetimes, and, and especially in the, the time that Paul Kent would have been alive or any journalist writing this kind of thing or anyone, uh, a lot of the people who would have agreed with it, lived through a time where we already went through non-professional, semi-professional players needing, having that insecurity. Uh, Tuddy, I think, I can't remember his first name, he played for the Tigers and, and essentially went on strike for two years, missed mm. our 69 grand mm-hmm. final. And, and all for this exact same thing, to, to expect people to to put their lives on hold, move them around, injure them, um, but, but also demand the best, expect the best, and, and say it, it's because you're lucky to play football, so that's enough for you, is is silly. And maybe it's that hangover that people really think that, you know, there's a, there's a beauty to the game that people should be doing for the love of the game rather than the money. But I just um, think that's a misnomer. I get that idea, Big T. Like people like to compare the women's game, say, to New South Wales Cup because there are a lot of men there who will also be doing a similar juggle. Mm. If I think about the New South Wales Cup and the NRLW, they're not on the same level. People progress from the New South Wales Cup and have the opportunity to play NRL. And there'll be some men playing in New South Wales Cup that are happy with that juggle. I think the difference as well is we are treating these women as elite athletes. When Nita Maynard was involved in an indiscretion last year, same with Millie Boyle, it was front page news. So we're trying to treat them as elite athletes without any of the benefit. Yeah, that's right. And the, and the comparison with the New South Wales Cup thing is completely unfair because those people are investing in that juggle because they can see that there is a time where they don't have to juggle anymore if they work hard enough. But, mm-hmm. but the women are at a position where they have to make the juggle and that's currently the top level is to make the juggling, and that's unfair. I do want to quote Kent in that his first two words were, first, a little housekeeping in a non-domestic sense. Now, that yes. I found even more appalling than, than the girls' thing. The fact that he's even making this tongue-in-cheek, it's that real kind of arrogant white man thing where, mm-hmm. where some Know your place. Yeah. Know your place. And we can joke, and, you know, and it's just a joke. Don't worry about it. Why are you getting so upset about it? I'm just saying housekeeping, like, come on, don't be so upset. But then... They're the same people who get really upset when, when they're confronted with it. So I'm really glad that you you pointed it out and that you did the amazing thing of taking the photo of it so that none of us had to pay for um or he didn't get any of the clicks for it, which was great. Very well, sensible. the other thing is, is Paul Kent paying these women? Like it, it really baffles me how some journalists are so concerned about women getting paid. It was the same with Mark Levy last year when Queensland announced that they would be paying the women the same as the men for state of origin games or 
there was an equal pay there. I have to go back and reread yeah. the story. It equated to, you know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars and Mark Levy lost his mind despite apparently being a real supporter of women's sport. So coming out of his paycheck? Yeah, it's outrageous. But, look, I'm going to move us off unless unless there's something Happier else. Happier things. Missed. Let's talk, yeah, Cap. Yeah. No, we, we've talked <laughs> enough. That's enough. Falling into the trap again, Big T. <laughs> Yeah. Don't go and read it. You don't need to read it. We're a, you've got everything you need right here. So let's start with round one, Sunday the 27th of February. We had the St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the Gold Coast Titans. The crowd was 26, 20, uh, 2,615 people. It was at McDonald Jones Stadium. They ended up doing a triple header. The Dragons won 20 to 12. Barry Bartlett, Barry and Dodd were the, were the um the try score is in that order, although obviously Barry got a double. Uh, and Pearson converted two from four. And it was Rastan Smith and Maddo who scored for the Titans. And both of them were converted by Clark. Um, Mary, how'd you see it? So many thoughts are running through my head. Let me just try and go through them really slowly. This perhaps is an insight into my brain yesterday and just how excited I was for the right. NRLW to kick off. All right. So I'll start off. The St. George Illawarra Dragons had Emma Tonegado and the Gold Coast Titans had Ivania Polite. Both these women have played rugby sevens and are professional athletes. They were both exceptional yesterday and I thought it was a really great example of what we can look forward to in the NRLW when we move closer towards professionalisation. So big tick for those women. I'll say that the Gold Coast Titans struggled a little bit in the first half. And that was probably a theme for a couple of the teams and that they looked a little bit rusty. But it shouldn't surprise us given that for the Gold Coast Titans, it was their first hit out and there were no preseason games either. So this was their first time altogether. I really enjoyed the Dragons. Tegan Berry made me extremely happy because she scored a double. And I think what's exciting about Tegan Berry is that this is a woman that has progressed through Tasha Gale, um, through the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. And she's an example of that pathway really, really working. So it was great to see her dominate at an NRLW level. But I think the real shining light was probably Rachel Pearson for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Halfback making her debut. My understanding is that she's 29 years old, a little bit older, making her debut, was unsure as to whether she'd be able to sort of fulfil her halfback duties. Jamie Soward encouraged her and she was the standout for me in that game. Well, I'm glad you brought up the... Uh, oh, hold on. Sorry, Matcha. Well, I'm glad you brought up the fullbacks because statistically as well, they were both the second best fantasy point scorers for their respective teams. Karina, uh, sorry, Pellete, Pellete, sorry, ended up with 38 and... Uh, uh, Tongato, is that how you pronounce it? Because I want to make sure I get it right, and it's a beautiful name. So, Polite and Tonagato. Oh, Tonagato, dang it. Um, both of them excellent with fantasy points, and I love that the NRL app is is giving us that insight because I don't think we can play fantasy points with with the NRLW yet, but, but they do give us that statistics. So um, I, I also felt the same about the first half or, or the – Clunkiness, I think, is, is how you mm. um, kind of put it, and I think that's just a normal, a normal thing mm. for all sports at the beginning of the season. But do you think it's the Dragons being good that ended up getting them over the line, or do you think it was the Titans not being so good? 
No, I think the dragons are good. I don't think you can underestimate how important it is to have those seasoned veterans, but also just the experience of having played together as a team before. I think Rachel Pearson really was the difference on the day. Um, But what I did enjoy that we had a new team coming up against an established team in the AFLW that has tended to lead to some lopsided score lines. Uh, this was a tight game and the Titans certainly fought back. They weren't embarrassed on their first occasion and I think there's plenty that they can take away from that first game into their next game. So well, listening to it on the radio, I kept hearing Elisa Albert over and over and over again. Yes. She was massive, uh, particularly in that last, uh, that last try. Where she just, I think she'd had three hit ups in that set. And then the last one, she was able to bump, get an offload away as well. So the, the thing that I loved most about that isn't just that she's a seasoned professional, like you were noting just then, but the amount of times that the ABC commentators pointed out that she was from an, an orchid from the Papua New Guinea um, football also just would have made my, well, anyone who's a Papua New Guinean or, or from or that island region just would have been so excited to be hearing so much success happening on, on a national stage. And I just feel like the NRLW is going to do such a great job getting more and more of that kind of talent in. I couldn't agree more, Big T, and you bring up a wonderful point about Elsie Albert in that for lovers of the international game, and I assume that there are many of you because of chasing kangaroos, (laughs) we know that the last World Cup, particularly the Women's World Cup, was significant because it was the first time that the Papua New Guinea Orchids had participated. Mm. Now, all teams will come to the World Cup and want to win, right? Sure. But I feel like each team will have its own personal goals. And for a country where rugby league is the national sport, the only country in the world where that's the case, that has challenges with gendered violence, to see women like Elsie being strong, fearless and playing what is traditionally considered a male sport, that's game-changing. It really is game-changing for the people of PNG and I'm so excited that she's in this competition and that people know who she is and are getting really excited about the way she plays footy. Yep. And and Queen Samaima Taufa loves the phrase you can't um, be in two seats. So mm-hmm. she'd be so seeing um, that kind of thing for the Papua New Guineans would have been fantastic. Uh, can't agree to, more. Anything yeah, else just one more thing, Big T, one more thing, and I'm so excited that I keep interrupting you. Um, the only thing that I wanted to touch on in this game is that Karina Brown plays for the Gold Coast Titans. She is a seasoned veteran and a woman that Australian Gillaroos coach Brad Donald thinks so highly of. He tells a story about Karina Brown being left out of the Jillaroo squad for the first time and having that difficult conversation with her. But then her being brought into camp late because there was an injury, her just slotting in, encouraging her teammates, telling them about the importance of playing your role in a team. So that's Karina. Not only did she play for the Gold Coast Titans yesterday, but during halftime of the game between the Eels and the Knights, she was also the halftime entertainment. So... I don't know about you, Big T, but if I played a game of rugby league, I certainly wouldn't be performing on stage a mere, you know, two hours later. But that's Karina Brown, and uh, she's pretty special. That's incredible. Uh, Later that day, we did have the Sydney Roosters versus the Brisbane Broncos, same stadium. The attendance Mm -hmm. they recorded there was 3,847. The Broncos ended up winning 20-4. to They did that through Bass, Murdoch, Bass again, and um, Boyle. They were both, oh, sorry, two or four for Brown. And then there was one try for the Roosters to Ken, Koenig, and that, that was not converted. Uh, what did you, how did you see this game? 
Oh, big team. This one's a tough one to talk about. So I'll start off by saying (laughs) that I feel sorry for the Roosters because they were the only team to have been impacted by COVID leading into this round. So they lost Samantha Economist and then they lost Corbin Baxter. And we know that Corbin particularly is a key part of that team, particularly in attack. So I think they missed her. When I think about the Roosters, I think again about them being a little bit clunky. They just made too many errors and the Broncos are too good and will make you pay. And I really think that's why we saw not a blown out scoreline, but certainly a more blown out scoreline than we saw in the other games. It was a really traditional Brisbane Broncos NRLW mm-hmm. scoreline where mm-hmm. they, put, they put in enough to make sure that the game's away and they don't let you score very many. The possession in this game was was 58% for the Broncos and only 42 um, for the Roosters. And in that 58%, they had a 77% um, completion rate, which is one of the highest of the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to find it's going to be one of the highest completion rates of the NRL M or W in round one when we look at when we look at the NRL and when that starts, I can't imagine too many teams are going to get around 77% possession around the first round. So I, I, I know that they're a team that, um, as you were pointing out in the last game, have have had a good combination for a long time. But is it just, I mean, I don't know if I'm just so besotted by her, but is this just the Brigginshaw effect or is Brisbane mm. as an entire club just always a step ahead? Why do you think Brisbane can do this straight away? It's really tough, Big T, because I spoke to Chelsea Lenarducci a couple of weeks ago and Chelsea is one of my absolute favourites. She pointed out that there are probably at least seven or eight women in that Brisbane Broncos team that are making their NRLW debut. But I think what is important to note is that the core of that Brisbane Broncos team stayed together. Mm. So you've got the likes of Ali Brigginshaw, um, Tamika Upton, who is just one of the most electric players in the game. Yes. Millie Boyle. You know, these are just familiar names and, and you know, almost the best in their positions in the country at the moment. Mm. And it's funny. I remember last year when there was all that conversation about spreading the talent out. Look, I kind of get that, but... If I'm playing footy, Big T, I probably want to win and I probably want to stay with my mates. And for women that aren't getting paid a lot of money, why should they again have to make the sacrifice? Yeah, to, to entirely move their, their lives to another yeah. state. Yeah, to lose. No, I get it. I'd be wanting especially, to win as long as I can. Yeah, especially given that for so many of those Broncos women, they've been there from the start. So they've helped build this culture. You would absolutely have a connection there. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they want to stay together and it doesn't surprise me that the new women that have entered that Broncos team have slotted right in and the Broncos have basically gotten back to where they left off last season. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I will quickly also say about Briggs is uh, watching her play, I saw that because of the clunkiness of the Titans game, um, particularly in the halves, and, and also the Roosters one, as you pointed out, they had, they had some... COVID issues. So when the ball was moving around, I saw a lot of double pumps and and um, or dummying and then passing and it just looked like a bit of indecision, quite a lot of indecision. First game, totally understand. But there was one time where where I hadn't seen that it was Brigginshaw. She got the ball, she pumped once and then um, turned her body to do a longer ball from her right hand side, but she was passing left to right. And I was and I was just about to think, oh man, these ladies are really having trouble with their decision making. But then when I saw it was Brigginshaw, I then went, oh no 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 no, like she's telling it for a reason. Like the she needed a long ball, she needed to hit someone in the chest, she needed to float, or the pump needed to happen to get someone involved. It's I just had so much trust in her, even as a fan watching her for a few days. 
uh, sorry, for a few years. So I can't imagine what it would be like playing with her for the last 10 years. Just everything. She, she would just have so much belief uh, or she'd create so much belief. It's, it must be just so fun to play with as well. I love that you call her Brig. Like I love that the two of you <laughs> are friends. this beautiful friendships. I love it. I love it. She's so talented. I love watching the Broncos. And, of course, the big question is, can they be stopped this season? Uh, I mean, I, I'd love to see Newcastle do it. Obviously, Parramatta would, would also be fun for, for you. And I like a lot of the players on that team. But it's a pretty hard no for me at the moment. I mean, it was a pretty hard no for me before the season started, but after that game, mm. whew. For me, I'm going to say I think it's it's too hard to tell at this stage, given we've only had round one, but we'll know within the next two weeks, I think. So watch this space. It's it's also, you know what I'm basing a lot on, is State of Origin for the last couple of years where it looked like New South Wales mm. was on top and somehow we never actually thrashed them. And it's, you know, it's that Upton-Briggs vibe that just yes. terrifies me. Uh, anything mm. else on that game before we get to the game of the round? Uh, the only other thing that I'll say is that I thought Isabel Kelly was good for the Roosters. Jess Surges probably had a little bit of a mixed bag yesterday. She certainly showed what she could do in attack but made a couple of little errors. Um, I'm expecting to see her, you know, shine in the next couple of weeks. That rust doesn't surprise me given that for so many of these women, it's really been a long time since they played footy. And she's a classic one where she's like um, Bovete Welsh. Um, they've, they've moved teams almost every year. And we know mm. that they also play New South Wales Cup she was playing for Helensburg Tigers, which mm-hmm. you just told me, I think, last time we had an app uh, playing. So the amount of constant chopping and changing and changing of mm. who you're with and around would really impact your defensive structures, your your, your defensive ideas. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I can imagine that with some more games under her belt, she, she's too class. She'll, she'll eventually get it. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, last game, game of the round, mm-hmm. it was on the same day, obviously, at still at McDonald's Joint Stadium. The, the attendance by then was 5,400, sorry, 5,049. Obviously, in um, Newcastle, this is the only game where both teams are new. Parramatta has such an excellent fan base as well, so probably a lot of people would have gone up like a good self. Parramatta ended up winning 13-12. to 12. They did that through Penatani and Tafua. Taufa, sorry, and then there were there was two from two from Matty Sutton. The kicking has gotten was fantastic in this game, um, and Tietzel and Desmond scored for the Knights. Desmond, I'm sure you're going to get to, but has such a great story behind it. And then <laughs> and then Poco and Dib converted um, two from two from that one. But of course, there was one field goal in the stat sheet by Matty Sutton in the 69th minute in the dying moments of the game. Have it. Tell me about this game from your perspective. All right. There are so many things that I want to say. So, again, I'm just going to start slow. slow. Big breath. First of all, a start big shout-out. No, okay. <laughs> we'll get to the kissing. Um, first of all, a big shout-out to the Parramatta Eels social and media team. Earlier in the week, they released a video with some of the players pronouncing their own names. Yes. I thought it was brilliant. I loved it. All teams should be doing it. And all commentators and people that talk about the game should be watching those videos because we owe these players the respect and the decency to at least be attempting to say it right. So I'll start there. The second thing I'll say, Big T, is that I'm hoping that a lot of people are listening to this who don't yet have a team in the NRLW and desperately want one. May I say, my friends, be very careful what you wish for because it all sounded fine and dandy to desperately want a Parramatta Reels NRLW team. 
And then you're sitting there and you go through that emotional roller coaster that you do with the men's team. So now I've got double that. And you know what? I loved every minute of it, but I hadn't thought about what that would actually feel like. And this game was a complete roller coaster. If I'm being honest, I think the Eels should have scored a couple more tries. And I think that's what let them down, not let them down because they won the game, but what let them down throughout was that final 10% polish. We saw Tiana Penatane obstruct. So Rakea Horn's first try was disallowed. We saw a forward pass. We saw a double movement, you know, all those sorts of things. But again, it doesn't surprise me. This is the first time these women are playing together and they will learn from it. I thought this was actually the contest of the day. It was extremely physical and I thought the two teams matched up really well. You've already touched on some really exciting players from the Knights. Um, Tietzel that scored the first try, you know, just a, a really thrilling player. It'll be interesting to see how long the Newcastle Knights hold on to her because she's from North Queensland and there are whispers. It's not actually even whispers because North Queensland came out this week and said it, um, (laughs) that they are going to be bidding for a team as soon as possible. So who knows how long um, the Knights will will keep her. The other player that I really wanted to touch on is Maddie Studden and no one will be surprised that I want to touch on Maddie Studden and I'm going to be really honest with you, Big T. So I have known Maddie for many years, probably five or six years. And she is someone that I really love and admire and respect. And I followed her career for a long time. Maddie's had a pretty tough time. I remember last year in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership, she was absolutely dominating for the Sharks and was back to playing her best footy and then played State of Origin. And it certainly wasn't the performance that I was hoping for and it wasn't the performance that she was hoping for either. And I think Big T, because for some of us, we've followed the women's game for a really long time. We're very protective over these women and we want them to succeed. Um, I've never wanted anyone to have a more successful season (laughs) than I do for Maddie Studden. Um, She had a couple of moments yesterday where I think she overplayed her hand, but to see her slot that field goal With 14 seconds left to go, um, my heart exploded for her and I really hope she has a successful season. Yeah, so so (laughs) the the forward pass, I'm just going to drag us back to a few things before Mm. we get to your emotional kissing because I can already feel the emotional (laughs) welling up. The the forward pass, that the the second try that you didn't get was from a forward Mm. pass, which is exactly the kind of stutter, indecision things I was talking about because yes. if she had given it immediately, which I think she wanted to because it was going left to right, um, they would have scored, but she gives it or she dummies, holds it, turns it to her other side and then passes it because she knows she should. And by the mm. time that it's now on the wrong side of her body, the the, the player running off her um, was in front of her. So it, it, that kind of stuff easily gets ironed out. And the fact that they had that second row running that fantastic hole means that the, the football quality is there. Um the other time that, that Studden probably overplayed her hand that I immediately thought of when you're saying that was when it was last. She was looking right to kick and then stopped, went left and kicked this mully grubber um, on her left-hand side. And everyone on her left-hand side was then offside. She immediately gave away a penalty. Mm. You just knew that she would have been killing herself. The amount of time she would have, you know, known to never do something like that, you know, she would have been really dis- disappointed. But the fact that she's a kind of clutch player, that, that kind of stuff can be happening. She still wants the ball in the dying moments of the game. Just says a lot about her. I need you to direct some time now to the Doyen Betty Welsh. And so. Oh, absolutely. gosh. Honestly. 
I've missed. Insane. So Every game she Can plays, I... is, she's just phenomenal. She is big T. You're not going to let me forget about Bo, so I'm going to make you make me come back because I also just want to mention Samima Taufer. No, 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 we're getting who, to her in a sec. She also gets her own spot. Oh, we're getting to her. Yeah, All right, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So we'll talk about Bo first. Please. Um, I got a text from a friend yesterday while we were watching the game and she said, I'm sorry, Clint Gutherson is now my second favourite fullback <laughs> at the Parramatta Eels and he's just going to have to deal with it. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Bo is athletic. She's talented. Watching her make that line break, I was on my, you know, I was on my feet cheering. We are so lucky to have her. I probably would have liked a little bit more involvement in the second half, but I just love watching her play so much. Big T, she's such a talent. And I'll never forget, actually, um, I got to go to West Tigers Harvey Norman Women's Premiership training. I think it might have been last year at some point, and, and she captains that team. And I just remember her in the huddle saying, now listen, if you don't play well, you're absolutely going to hear it from me. And that's the sort of leadership that you want in the team. I just, I love Bo um, and was just delighted to see her in blue and gold yesterday. Over yeah. to you, Big T, because I know you love her too. I'm also, yeah, just trying to to control myself because she's, <laughs> it, oh, she's one of those incredible people who you have so much time, love and respect for because of the things she can do professionally. So as, as an incredible athlete during a sport that I love dearly, I already love her so much. And then if I spoke to her and she was a bit weird or, or um, you know, had, had, you know, was right wing or had some weird views about the world, I'd be like, you know what? Okay, I don't need to know you personally, but professionally I'm still going to love you. Mm. But like having some opportunities, well, she's, and I've only had those opportunities because she's amazing. I've got to speak to her on three times, doing three different interviews at three different points of her career because she's so open and lovely to doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She is such an easy person to talk to, such a humble, incredible person. Mm. Um, and and her, opening up her stories about all the things she's had to do with her family and, and even now having to work for Nestle. And, you know, she's just such an incredible athlete, human, doing such great things. And, and I'm so excited that the NRLW has her, not just because the product is better having her there, but having her as a face or a voice um, in and around the game just makes us such a stronger, better product and, and it's just going to mm-hmm. make people love us. Um, the next thing about that, then, is her empress, the mighty and honourable um, Her <laughs> Majesty of the West, Samima Taufa, who also is a person who will give up their own time to talk to you if, you if you ask her nicely and is just a presence. I think she played the entire game. I think she played all mm-hmm. 70 minutes in the mm-hmm. middle. She had the most amount of po- post-contact metres out of all three games um, she had the most amount of fantasy points out of all three games. She's just, I mean, there's a leader as well. She's the kind of person who loves feedback and loves giving it. Um, scored an incredible try just off mm-hmm. line running again, not even brute strength, just her like smarts in football. Incredible. And I, and I cut you off before because I needed you to spend a long time talking about Her Majesty. Please launch. So, Big T, you mentioned earlier that um, I, along with an, a group of women, sponsor a player. We sponsor number 13, and that just happens to be Samaya Taufa. So Incredible. I am very fond of her. Um, absolutely led from the front the entire game, was strong, was physical, and in the post-game media conference alongside Dean Witters, she spoke about that clunkiness and about the errors that some of the more senior players had made and some of the more junior and newer players had made. And she said, my role and the role of players like Tiana Panettani, Bo, 
um, is to support those women, calm them, and help them understand that that's part of rugby league and that if we make an error, we make it together and we pick ourselves up together. It's not one person's fault. And I think that experience of players like Samima is the reason why the Eels kept calm and why Maddie Stardom was able to seal the win with that clutch field goal. Yeah. She is, she is like Brigham Shaw is the person I get most worried about um, in attack. But Samima, watching so much New South Wales Cup where she'd be playing, I was always, she's never played for the Tigers. I've always been terrified of her in defense. She's just so incredible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Always in the right spot, always laying people out, always getting back up, looking for more. Um, she's incredible. And the, and just as you were saying then in that press conference, she's the she's the rugby league person that's gonna get so many other fans that aren't yet with us to us. Mm-hmm. Because so mm-hmm. much of that game, she's there, hair frizzed, blood pouring out of mm-hmm. somewhere on her face, and then gets off the field and is eloquent, interesting. Um, without sounding pompous or... I mean, Cam Smith was really well-spoken, so is Daily Cherry Evans, but that puts a lot of people off. But Samima has the perfect balance of of having that kind of Western roots, or sorry, Western Sydney roots, but but intelligent. Uh, well, that sounds mm. like I was insulting Western Sydney. I'm not trying well, to. Well, she's real. To say, she's yeah, real. she's real. Thank you. She doesn't seem trained, but she seems clever enough to know what she needs to say. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. She's, she, she is another massive asset that not just Parramatta is lucky to have, but the NRLW writ large is yeah, so lucky to have. Yeah, for sure. Now, get to the kisses. We're here. You've won. What ha- what happens now that you've won? So, Big T, there's a little video of me, like, sighing heavily, looking up to the heavens almost to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this win because <laughs> supporting the Parramatta Eels men, there have been many situations in the past where, you know, that last two minutes really hasn't gone our way. So, as I said, Big T, there's a group of women we support the Parramatta Eels, we love the Parramatta Eels. We've sat on one of their advisory committees around the women's game and we sponsor Samaya Taufa. We were all there together. We had a little photo afterwards and we were sort of applauding and cheering and Mark O'Neill was on the sidelines and he caught our eye. He sort of started bringing players over to him to sort of give us a wave. And so I started waving, I'm yelling, and then I start blowing kisses. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm blowing kisses to them. They're blowing kisses to me. And then um, in the stands, I saw Maddie Studden's mum, Jo, who I know quite well. She comes up to me oh. and I basically shared that story that I did with you earlier about how much I love Maddie and how much I wanted to succeed. I started crying. Yeah, I just, I, I lost a big T. Like, it just meant so much to see those women win. My heart broke for the night because that is a heartbreaking way to lose your first NRLW game. But Big T, I've supported the Parramatta Eels since 1998. Started supporting them because I wanted to hang out with my dad. At that point, rugby league was just a boys' sport. I always thought it was a boys' sport. Even when I started Ladies Who League, I didn't know that women played. To now have come so far in the space of five years to now have a group of women that are the Parramatta Eels inaugural NRLW side. I Mate. cannot tell you, I, I, I can't tell you just how much yesterday was. I was emotionally exhausted by the end of the day. I can't imagine how the players felt. And as I said, I was really excited by their performance. There's improvement there and I'm hopeful we can see it next week against the Dragons. Now, uh, speaking of, when, when you started talking about um, how it must have felt for the players and, and your heart going out to Newcastle Knights, I did feel like I should give one quick shout-out um, to Caitlin 
who was also incredible this game for the for the Caitlin Johnson for the Knights mm-hmm. who was like Samima in everything um, and yes. just when it was making those extra effort plays had huge um, post contact meters was their second highest in in fantasy points which is huge for a forward so. I'd imagine her heart would have broken being from that area, being in front of all those people. You know, her whole family's there. Her dad is such a massive rugby league fan and would have and tries to go to all of her games. You know, his whole fam- their her whole family would have been there and um, would have been devastating. And also, just to add insult to injury, once Maddie Sutton's drop goal went over, she, Caitlin just happened to be in shot and just looking so dejected, <laughs> the only Knights oh. player in shot. And so that my heart broke when I saw her little face. And I was going for the Newcastle Knights. So yes. Um, Anyway, but those they're probably the only team that lost or would have gone, you know, we could have won. Whereas the, I don't know if the yes. Titans and, and Roosters would have felt necessarily like that after the win, but um, they should feel great. I, as a fan, I felt great. I couldn't wait for them to play next week. Uh, speaking I can't of next wait week, do you have, are we ready to go for next week? You ready to talk about that? Oh, I'm absolutely ready to talk about next week. Tell me then who you think. Who do you like between the Knights uh, and the Broncos? It's going to be in Wynn Stadium. Who do you like between those two? Oh, Big T. I, I, I can't tip against the Broncos. <laughs> I know. You tried to tell me before like, they weren't going to win the whole thing, but of course they are. Like I can't, you know, I loved what I saw from Newcastle. I really did. And I think that physicality is really going to serve them well against the Broncos. The key will be to not give them possession and to make sure that any of those clunky errors are ironed out of the game. But I, I, I can't tip against the Broncos for that game. Yeah. It, rugby League is going to be such an incredible place, though, particularly social media, if the Knights do get a win because mm. um, the place will go crazy. Uh, who do you like between the Roosters and the Titans? That's probably going to be a very good matchup considering what we saw on the weekend. I think it is going to be a good matchup. I'm going to tip the Titans in this one. Ooh. And the only reason I say that is because we touched on the impact of COVID. If Samantha Economist and Corbin Baxter come back, I wonder how ready they'll be to come back because we obviously know the short-term impacts of COVID. We don't know what the long-term impacts look like. So I'm actually going to tip the Titans in that one. I did like what I saw last week and I'm hopeful that their second half is how they continue against the Roosters this week. And then finally, Dragons and Eels. (laughs) Give me a cracker. It's really going to be such a good game and I'm really interested there are so many things I'm interested in. So the battle of the ones, I actually think the battle Ooh. of the ones throughout this competition yes. is just extremely exciting because the fullbacks for me really, really stood out for almost every single team last week. Mm. So we've got the battle of the fullbacks between Bo and Emma Gatto, but also you've got the battle of the halfbacks too. We spoke about Maddie Sutton and how she overplayed her hand a little bit, but did manage to steal the win with that clutch field goal. And we spoke to, we spoke about Rachel Pearson, who's probably the standout halfback. So I'm really looking forward to that battle. I am going to tip Parramatta because they are my heart <laughs> and they are my soul. And I'm hopeful that those errors that we saw will be ironed out and we can see some really exciting points scored. I like all of those tips. Uh, I'm just taking the notes. Well, Mary, <laughs> you've been an absolute pleasure. Uh, if you've finished listening to this, we'd love to see you interact with us on Twitter, Insta, uh, about the NRLW. You can find Mary at Ladies Who League and me at The Biggest Tiger on both of those things. And, of course, you can get around the show at Chasing Roos Pod. Mm-hmm.